0: So we're back with Superstructure. We retired for a month or so, but uh, we got uh, Pippin and Jordan are back again. And what what game are we playing today on uh, Superstructure, Money on the Left editorial, collective, uh, extended talk show?
1: Before I talk about what we're going to talk about, I have to plug our Patreon because... um we please support us if you can. Um there's some fun goodies on there, but um yeah, we're trying to yeah. do some cool uh like expansion stuff institutionally and uh Oh, are we? Well, I mean, you know, you'll find out.
2: More
0: more cookies. More, more cookies. You can have some cracker, cheese, some broccoli, some raisins, uh, some ice cream, yeah. a bar- <laughs> cranberries, um
1: But to answer your question, to answer your question. What are we talking about today? Um, we are talking about everything, and by that story of my life. <laughs> I mean, we are talking We're in the about the
0: universe. There's orbits, eclipses. The things are moving yeah. at different speeds and different, yeah, different weights. And there's numbers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the reason why we took a month off is because we uh, had to read, which I know is a bit overrated, especially in podcasting, but. Um, we we spent a long time reading and we're gonna talk about neoliberalism and some other things read a lot
0: of a lot of twitter
1: oh okay yeah yeah
0: mostly just like i'm just like liking photos of bots you know i'm just like oh here's a painting i like it like some
1: colors like, of-
0: yeah thank you <laughs> um you've
1: been listening to a lot of red scare over the last month i did
0: that that was just the last few days that was not the last month (laughs) (laughs) it's just like a brief mood where i'm like let's see what's going on in the dark side of the moon.
1: (laughs) so we have a we have a really big episode it's very large it's a it's a behemoth of an episode about
0: a four hour yeah this corresponds to the subject one of the key subjects of the episode yeah because of their their style which we love and also but it's it's a it's a completist
2: yeah
1: and and we the girth (laughs) is because we're going to be talking a lot (laughs) about adam twos um yeah who you know who's our latest infatuation
0: writings I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if infatuation is, but yeah, it's, it's our, well, we have weird, in some of our infatuations are mixed, right? Where it's like, let's see what's happening here.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to,
0: but but with the interest, you know, I'm going
1: to lead with the title, which we don't always do, but, um,
0: interesting. I'm terrible at making titles. I I know.
1: Um, (laughs)
2: yeah,
1: (laughs) the, the, um, the title of this episode is we were never neoliberal. What now? So this is, of course, a reference to the uh, very annoying philosopher, uh, Latour, who... Has this line? We were never modern.
0: It's needed to know more about him,
1: actually. Yeah, I mean, this is a
0: good teaching moment for you. I'm just like, he's green. He's he 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 he's, he shows some things. I, I have no idea. Yeah,
1: so he's... some people hate
0: him. A lot of people. He,
1: he's a French philosopher, so that's why people hate him yeah. for starters. I love
0: I love the French. His
1: first name is Bruno. <laughs> another reason why people hate him. <laughs> um, but he he uh, he has this term. <laughs> we were never modern because he has a very flat ontology and by that we he the the thrust of the main thrust of his argument is that modernity itself um is a is sort of it's it's a fiction in its own on its own terms and so we were never modern i.e we were always a sort of imminent biological nature um and that's you know, I, I, a, com,
0: a kombucha. I, I, I am weed. I uh, therefore I am. Weed. Oh,
1: there you go. Yeah, yeah. I, I weed. Therefore, I weed. Yeah. Therefore what was I that weed? Megan,
0: Megan Fox, or what was she? Yeah, saying? yeah. Megan
1: Fox yeah. Uh, said, "I want weed," and then the guy, I think who she's dating or married to, was like, "I am weed." I have weed. no fucking idea. And so then that apparently was <laughs> enough for her. Which you know what?
2: <laughs> you,
1: feel, to, you feel respect. To each their own. You know. I mean. Yeah, I guess.
2: Yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs>
1: so yeah yeah megan fox is is married to bruno latour um but anyway is
0: he's and he's he's and he's french and still kicking and uh writing about the world is not modern
1: well, right. So the point of his... What is the world? So yeah, he's 74 years old. And the point of his we were never modern means that we it's flat, right? That, that there's all something fictive. And, and I'm not doing justice... The world
0: is flat. It's a lie.
1: <laughs> I'm not doing justice to his full argument because I don't necessarily really care. But as a rhetorical mode, I do like this sort of we were never assertion as a, as a sort of ontological argument, right? So when, when we say we were never neoliberal that has a, has a similar shape to what Latour is arguing, though we would never agree with Latour. And I'm gonna talk about that more um, in in a- It's an
0: ironic title. It's,
1: it's so ironic.
0: It's just, it's just a, a Latour pun.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, and again, just to, to make
1: sure listeners know, we're gonna have another episode where I am trying to wrangle Natty into some sort of argumentative thread. Which is which is most episodes, which is which is most episodes. Though you know,
0: people, people people love it.
1: People do love it, and yeah, we are sorely missing Will on this one. Um, he couldn't make it, but we're gonna trudge onward.
0: He had a, a, a calf strain. He was uh...
1: <laughs> apparently this is this is a basketball game, and we're not gonna get away from that metaphor. But without further <sighs> ado, let's start on the actual argument, <laughs> Natalie. So that's I thought
0: your job. I I, I provide the background pitter patter, which is its own argument, and you know this.
1: So I'm gonna ask you to describe. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, uh, oh God, I don't
0: know. what is neoliberalism actually? Well like done. what? Yeah. What's the shape of this argument? What do we mean when? Pe- what do we mean when we say neoliberalism? What is neoliberalism actually? Um, yeah. So. And what is it not? What is not not? you know, etc. What would be your spiel? A great place how, to begin, yeah.
1: right? So yeah. in order to assert that we were never neoliberal, right, there does have to be some sort of descriptive um, sort of sphere or boundaries to what we determine neoliberalism to be, right? Because obviously some might say the neoliberal era, which is an era that's real, right? Like that that we're not saying that neoliberalism, isn't a definite like an era of particular logical structures and practices however right if we actually look to what like these histories of neoliberalism are you know whether it's murowski which we've talked about on the show before Quin quinn slobodian's book uh the globalists which i very much appreciate and then further
0: i read that one. Ooh,
1: good job um <laughs> so did <laughs> i uh,
0: i'll kill you <laughs>
1: um we right we get to these particular it's it, we need to historicize the rise of neoliberalism what its particular particular intellectual and ideological assertions are and then how they manifest in practices whether it's political in administrative or bureaucratic or economic pedagogy there's across the board right so You know, some people will talk about. I
0: love Keynes. I love it. It's just like pedagogical um, institutions.
1: We're gonna get to Keynes, but before we have to jump through a few hoops. So, when we look to this historical process, right, the rise of neoliberalism, there's a a number of things that we can, you know, think about. We can.
0: 1972. (laughs)
1: sure you know that's an important date i'm
0: curious yeah yeah all right yeah Yeah. i mean
1: so traditionally the story is told on the terms of the 70s but there's also a prehistory to be told that's a mid-century one right and Mm. um and you know slobodian talks about right the globalists and we can think about austrian economics and the synthesis and hayekian you know things and that that's a whole rabbit hole i really recommend uh Dan Denver's podcast interview with, uh, with Quinn Ciblonian, which is really good on this and really informative. Though, you know-
0: Murowski, I'm curious about too. Like we have some complications of Murowski and Quinn probably, but um is interesting in that he does have like a, a critique of this like, all capitalism is capitalism and marx like right like there's an interesting information analysis of like the ideology and um, yeah
1: it, to me it, like and this maybe pushes <laughs> onward to like some of the talk about twos that we're gonna do but murowski is very mm-hmm. imminent to the very processes and intellectual sort of elite uh debates that are are ongoing and really pays attention to them and i think that's important because in our narrative of agency and 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 the way that you know our our central critique of you know superstructure and base and all these things plays itself out it it's very important to actually look at what is happening and what particular actors are doing and are saying at the level of policy at the level of of theory and and at different levels and so this
0: this there's there's an important service to this um joy of the collective mapping and and this this attempt to see what is going on and you have to keep the read of like agency again yeah and and imbalances and power but it's it's really valuable to attempt to come at like okay what what is the system of production and who whose ideas made things um go in this direction in this moment not not only Mm -hmm. right but it's part of um things that are occurring
1: right and so there's a certain sort of intellectual realism right i think that you might want to call that that right an actual A sort of presence Mm -hmm. with with what is occurring that also you know long Foucault blogs, but um, yeah, we're going to count the particular like strands of grain individually to figure out. um, But um, but and Morawski, you know, likes to think about you know Hayek obviously, but ultimately this like pivot to information processing and the market as a sort of computational center. Right. And this is a Mm -hmm. part of the historicization of neoliberalism as well. So there's all these multiple strands that speak to a general sense of like uh, atomization, That Shout
0: out to the Eden Medina book about Chile under Allende with the the cybers and the uh, like the the, like the flirtation with uh, Stafford Beer and the like... uh Stafford Beer, this Welsh guy with a, what is it called? The what, what's that word? The, like information sh- I don't know, all this network shit. Yeah, right? yeah and yeah, they yeah. were like do it yeah, I don't know. But it's like a, that was like the socialist, but it's still in that moment where there's like these overlaps yeah, and so the, in the ideology. We could
1: think of more historicizations of this moment, right? Like Fred Turner, who's a who's a communication mm. scholar at Stanford, has talked about like the way cybernetics and
0: I love Stanford. <laughs>
1: um, Natty's very very familiar with Stanford, In- intimately <laughs> intimately familiar with Stanford. Um,
2: <laughs> but um, the
1: and so like there's all these pathways, all these different disciplinary and interdisciplinary junctures for thinking about how neoliberalism rises, right? And so there's particular economic orthodoxies which you know if you ever study economics, you, you know, full well, the market revolution, the Chicago School. So with all of that complexity, all of those certain practices and, and intellectual traditions feeding into this era um, and, and honoring all of that difference, I still want to speak about neoliberalism in a more general sense with that hanging in relief and an and, and ability to draw on it, right? And
0: and and so what would you say is like kind of where do you hang your hat on terms of like what neoliberalism is and isn't? So
1: I think it's very important to say that the micro atomization and this ideological construction of individual participation in a market that is bigger than ourselves, that is God essentially, um it has particular macro foundations, right? And it and and so The reason why, even though there's all this complexity, and like we're very familiar, and and I, you know, I've read around in all of these different histories as well, with all this complexity, there's still this central sort of um, macro sleight of hand that is occurring throughout the '70s, '80s, '90s, 2000s, right? And and today, and and and, well, we'll see, right? This is this is a part of the question. So this macro sleight of hand, which the work of david stein is sort of invaluable for for understanding its social role in incarceration and racism and and in tamping down the uh the progressive sort of revolutionary um momentum of the 60s and 70s um is this real cleavage and 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 marker of independence and distinction (laughs) get it together get it together (laughs) um
0: don't you know that's part of the together yes,
1: I, you can't have the together without the uh the, the space in between um uh, but um so this distinction between central banks and and then state governments um is a really important one that is a construction of this market revolution right it doesn't mean that there was full central bank coordination like openly as a matter of public discourse beforehand. This
0: tie in probably to the, the Marseille, right? The after redlining. Correct.
1: Um, There's all these contingent redlining. histories yeah. in that as well. I mean-
0: I like to give, I like, I have a little bit of twos in me that likes to give a hundred links. Yeah. Like if you're really, if you're really intense, you can follow a hundred threads. And,
1: <laughs> and we're, the two, the two threads that I really like to put together for the social aspect of this is Jakob Feinig plus uh. David Stein, mm. which tells both mm-hmm. the sort of long durée history of monetary silencing, as well as the very particular um. sort of social force reaction Of the mainstream react like reactionary elites in the 70s and 80s -hmm. at the level of macro policy, and so there's this construction through Carter and the Reagan Revolution, away from full employment, and uh, the Fed's real uh, a sort of mandate and 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 legibility of full employment as a problem in the post-war era moving into a naturalization, literally the natural rate of unemployment at the level of macro policy. So I
0: love, I love, I love nature. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and what's, and what's the parallel with the state government, because state governments, there's like, kind of, you have this, um, yeah, the tax revolts too. They're like this, there's that scarcity built into the state government design. And so then, right.
1: So uh, yeah. a part of this exiting of what some call mid-century Keynesianism, which is kind of a misnomer anyway, but a part of this exiting of it
0: was not Keynes. Keynes is not my
1: daddy. <laughs> well, I, well, I, that is certainly that's, not the that's case for
0: Z-Zack, Zacks. is daddy.
1: <laughs> that certainly won't and won't be the case for players. everyone we talk about on this call because Keynes is certainly people are, are certainly someone is someone's daddy. Um, all right.
0: Well, if you went there, you know it's not it's not my fault that COVID gives erectile dysfunction. Um.
1: All right, we're gonna we'll get to twos later. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> But um, he's gonna love this. Um. I
0: know that's the worst part. Like, this is the worst part of podcasting. Is just realizing the worst, it's the, worst. Mm-hmm. the worst of like realizing I just have to like actually be a bitch. Yeah, People yeah. are like, no, that's that's exact. I'm like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't be such a bitch. You're giving people uh, a window. Like, no, you sh- you should. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and so and so, like, there are different ways of describing this, right? <laughs> like, obviously, there's the. The uh, monetarism of interest rate policy, the tax-to-spend, balanced budget side, which was always, again, a kind of fictive, sort of fictional pr- process, because we never really balanced budgets, right? This is only this the particular it's a
0: fictional gimmick, like Sally Rooney or something.
1: Just like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna come back to Sally Rooney, but we'll get we'll get there. Um, <laughs> We should do a whole episode on Sally Rooney.
0: I haven't even watched any of that shit. I only know to make that reference because I listened to Red Scare.
1: <laughs> like I said, we'll come back to Sally Rooney. Okay. Um,
0: <laughs> don't, it's a you're touching on a-, it's a you're,
1: This is more important okay. to me than any of this fucking neoliberalism shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, 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 I eagerly await whatever the fuck it is.
1: But um, but And so like throughout this process- balanced budgets, uh, Fed independence. We have the Volcker shock, the inflation, and like, and the the uh, tamping down of organized labor. Right. These are the, like, the destruction and real deradicalization of organized labor. The 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 introduction of coordination at, through the gig economy. Right. These are all these developments and dynamics that are come to be part and parcel of what people talk about when they talk about neoliberalism. Right. The the cost benefit analyses of bureaucratic violence right and 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 how this neoclassical paradigm comes to really predominate but it's important to say that these micro the micro neoclassical um emphases right micro catholic
0: school (laughs) it's like just there's incentives well this this sort of individual individual incentives in the forest
1: this reduction right this reduction of causality into as feeding into a, a market is, of course, as the most sophisticated, right, as the most f- sophisticated historians will say, this is totally ideology, right? Really, in practice, it's state planning of Everything a certain set ideology. of practices of that are ne- that become neoliberalism. So I want to honor those practices too, right? Like these cost benefit analyses and like, you know, to to shout out our friends at Death Panel who go in the weeds about health policy and the way these still I love weed. <laughs> I am weed. Um
2: <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> um,
1: um they
0: No and well in really documenting like the deep austerity of like the consequences yes. of the deep austerity ideology and also like the journalistic aspect of like kind of who represents this like austerity eugenic Abandonment, right? Like uh, um, the ideologues of that, and then also like documenting in policy where it's just like this ideology of scarce money, just like they're like means testing every. It's like I have to means test whether I like can breathe right, right. now, like through my left nostril, you know. Yeah. And I have to like count how many quarters I have like in my <laughs> pocket, yeah. you know. And the most, and that's like, and then f- fill out a hundred forms, and then Biden's like. There's some good Mexicans or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: the worst of this, (laughs) right? So the worst of this violence absolutely plays like plays out. Like they do such a good job of documenting Mm. the particular ways in which Mm. these ideological formations are fucking violent, racist, like you name it, right? Like anti-trans, like Mm. across the board, right? And so totally. And so holding like holding all of this com- these composite images in mind um, I also need to mention globalization, right? So the globalization of of trade and and the opening up of like the the uh, mm. the China and and Japan and and all of this, all of these foreign made produced or, exports into twos.
0: You guys, Nigeria is huge. Is anybody noticing Nigeria? <laughs> is, it's really big. China as well is larger than you can imagine. I have a lot of followers, one hundred thirty thousand, but. With my book translated into Chinese, there's influencers in China with way more followers. It's amazing. It's gigantic. You can't imagine. Uh, it's, <laughs> sorry. He's annoyingly
1: sweet. Uh, anyway, I
0: know. you guys can't miss this.
1: Um, and, and so, this globalization is a really important part because I think this is also ultimately going to lead us into twos. But it's, you know, obviously we know this story well. Deal industrialization, uh, you know. Gabe Winnat has a book about this in the um in, in specifically in the Midwest and and how that this leads to service economy.
0: Oh, you call Pittsburgh the Midwest. Well, with respect.
1: Look, I, I don't know anything about the Midwest. Um, I mean it,
0: it kinda is a, no, but you know, the point is that you uncover the truth.
1: There we go. Um
0: Your instincts are good.
1: That's that's what I say. Um and so <laughs>
0: Fuck you. Yeah.
1: Again, this is gonna be another theme. Um
0: All right, that's a surprise. And, <laughs>
1: And so, and so the, all of these facets are what we call the neoliberal era, right? like this is this is very important to to have this fully in view. But there's a way in which then to say we were ne- never neoliberal is both an argument but also a political insistence. like it's a it's a sort of value political insistence, which is to say, The world has never worked according to the terms that this neoliberal project has insisted upon, right? The tax to spend, the balanced budgets, the the scarcity logic. You can't
0: just win with a teen you can't just like take Margaret Thatcher's emotional assumptions and translate that into your reformist left project and through this reification that's sad about the rabble is sad and you know we do have these mean systems but you know that's why we're gonna fight no you can't but the point is that and not just that it was a lie but that it was and yes also that it was a lie for political reasons but that's all you need right Mm -hmm.
1: because you play the politics and the fiction right and and importantly this lie is not just something that happens where the right just like lies well Right, this is a consensus lie. No, they uh, yeah. among among Keynesians, among neoclassicals, among the elite. Like Paul Krug Paul among, Krugman's pretty good. <laughs> well, Krugman as well. Again, there's some there's some ambiguity now. Potentially, we're gonna get to the coin stuff later too but
0: i'm not one of these people some people i just i can tell have just been reading krugman for decades and i'm like i don't i didn't do that parentheses <laughs> and he has like two and a half million followers yeah. i'm like uh.
1: parentheses wonkish
0: um <laughs> i don't know see i don't know what that yeah, means well, it's, like i do but i it's don't it's how he originally <laughs> blogged
1: about mmt uh and so oh okay. so yeah. there there's a way in which saying we were never neoliberal it's very important to say and 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 i think also again to i'm going to call on our, our archive. Our, our interview with Dan Berger and Emily Hobson is really important for this too. Which
0: is to say...
1: <laughs> which is to say, not only were there activist resistances to neoliberalism, so this story of neoliberalism on full atomization and individu- individuation is not true on its face as a matter of historical record at the level of activism, protest, and resistance, but also... Um, act, act up. Yes, I mean, they're, they're, the Sheriff Schulman. Exactly. Death panel's
0: been on that. Yep, Venturia. and um, and Emily Hobson with the with the with the new book with uh, with Berger, and she yep. has on seventies, but she also has on the on the gay stuff. Yep. Um and and the gay stuff. I'm like the biggest dyke on earth. The gay yeah. stuff, but like the lavender about like the the economic, political stakes of like the radicalism of the gay. Mm-hmm. Like, movements in that time and, and and documenting those movements and the
1: anti-nafta like protest as well and like there's all of this and which is not to say any any protest movement nuclear
0: nuclear bombs there's a, like yeah. or the nuke and the 80s we, we forget like anti-nuclear was the, right. i mean like there still is a thing but like huge uh precedent yeah. let, let
1: alone like black freedom struggles you know throughout that time as well yeah. right so there's all this
0: a, a struggle that always exactly I mean, tell any history of, of the hemispheres, all the hemispheres without centering mm-hmm. the history of black struggle is, is an eraser, so at, erasure, because it's always. So
1: at the level of that sort of hegemony discourse, that's another way which we were never neoliberal. But then I think ultimately yeah. for me, as a, as a matter of like causality and emphasis, this particular macro story with regards to the elite consensus that constructed over the course of the 20th century, what became the neo um, It, paradigm, there's certain levels of knowingness with regards to that it was untrue, right? It's a noble lie. I mean, we're going to get into this with Keynes with some actual quotes too, but um, the very structure that ended up producing that moment as a historical matter is one that superstructure <laughs> is one that we need to reject Not just as ideology on top of the real working of the economy, but as the active repression and construction of the innate macro processes that were always mediating what we call the neoliberal paradigm in all of their violent practices.
0: And it's a paradigm that isn't just like born out of nothing either, right? It's a continuation of other paradigms that are interrelated, right? Other paradigms of violence and there's shifts and we're mapping shifts. And there's also no absolute continuity. Right. It's not like there was only ever one thing that was born in 1603 or something. I don't know, in, in rural Holland. No, I don't know. but um.
1: <laughs> um. We're gonna talk because some you, people
0: do make that do you argument. Want to talk right? about, like neoliberalism yeah. is just capitalism, right. and, and then, yeah. We can talk
1: about bread yeah. prices in the Dutch Republic if we want, but
0: bread is important. Got to get that bread. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I think I, an important, like an important part of this that I want to note then is that this repression. People be- have believed it, right? This is essentially, I think, our critique, which is like you said. Right. They're
0: like, this, the, the market is like right. this. It just happens. This is, but we need it with a left way. Right. Yeah. This
1: is what the forces of society have produced materially, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah and yeah, this yeah. is the, 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 the determinist yeah. Hegelian view of the historical era is not Finally, to look.
0: Okay. Finally, Hegel. Is
1: not to look. The
0: rabble, the, rab- the rabble of the world yeah. united.
1: Is not to look <laughs> to what the underlying and persistent ontological structure that you're insisting upon is. But as, a, as, an, as analysts of neoliberalism, which I think variously Murowski, Slobidian, and Tews do, is defer to neoliberalism's historical force in their analytical process. And so this is the central critique. And this is why our argument Well, the
0: imminent mapping, there's an interesting distinction, like to an extent, like from someone like David Harvey, who, like, he kind of tries to do, like, okay, let's like map like the specific historical class forces moment. But he's like very much has this water physics nature thing, whereas, whereas in Slobodian and Twos and then Morawski, they do like push back against that current to use another water metaphor, but um, they're like, no, we need to actually like map, like not everything's just a water system. Like there were yeah. certain proportions and, weight and ways things moved and regions and conferences and things that happened and, and they're part of a piece, but at, but at the same time, there's some of this lurking.
1: Still yes. of that, uh, yeah. And we're gonna get into method too, because it twos really spells it out very clearly in his own words. What, what that, spells out a lot. what that Sounds imminence to, spelling. like that <laughs> imminence to the historical forces.
0: He's very self-aware. That's Exactly. What I mean. he, he's very aware of historical method and where exactly. he is at. And, and he and, says it outright. Oh, yeah.
1: He says it outright. So we're going to yeah. talk about that.
0: He, he knows his choices. But the reason yeah. why,
1: and the last I'm going to mention of Latour here, the reason why I, I like the shape of Latour's argument, even though I vehemently disagree with the content, um, is because right, uh, it's an attention to, like, for when we say the word modernity, that, that implies a set of relational and logical structures that are presupposed. So unless we're reflexive about what we mean, affirming certain aspects of what neoliberalism describes as itself, and it's the same thing for capitalism as well.
0: It's like when Adam Tooze, in one of his more recent pieces, uh, like uses—he's he's, like beating himself up at his reading list for his class. He didn't, you know, he's like not an affirmation of Friedman, but he's like, oh, another good Fed document that uh, is an historical thing. But he doesn't even hedge that much. Would have been Milton Friedman, and then he puts it in the end. It's like. It's like it has some of that where it's like well Milton Friedman was imminent to what was going on and is part of the rec. There's not enough of like a. It's not just that. Free, it's not just that Friedman was wrong or it's just like yeah I yeah. Mean, it's, it's like there. there's
1: like a certain missing critical citational praxis, right? Yeah. And and yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. that's the that's the sort of thing. And it, it might not be missing. It might be re- reflexive. He just he just wants to do that. We just right. He wants to yeah. rely oh, on. Oh no, leads. I think it is reflexive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's
0: not enough. There's not enough explanation of that i think for a reason because so uh, yeah
1: so we've been talking a lot about twos in in sort of reflection so now that we've sort of i think made the the argument and the statement and, and all the complexity around neoliberalism i want us to spell it out and i think we can spell it out through twos's work but also um in relationship to Keynes more broadly so with that and i want to you know i i just finished shut down his pandemic book but natty has done the deep deep dive and so i want <laughs> to ask just like natty my
0: staring down liz bruning but in a totally different register different liz
1: bruning um, <laughs> um but i want to ask you like for our listeners who don't know like who is adam Tews? what <laughs> does he work on where does he teach
0: yeah, well, he's uh he's on Twitter. He's
1: first and foremost. <laughs> he's, he's got a hundred. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's got like hundred thirty k followers, a lot more than me. So that's rude. Um, <laughs> no, but he teaches like economic history at Columbia, and he's 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 definitely there's there's a certain like econ boy sort of suite, but phenomenon of like the two their twos in you know he's got a new podcast out once and two he's got he's got a certain like role in the discourse the, this year while writing his covet book i think he started a Substack chart book you know he's got links to all kinds of economic writing and you know i'm like oh here's all these other economists Substacks. oh like here's a lot of charts about uh brazil oh Ooh, 1940s Chinese inflation. Like, if you want to go on like a giant deep dive about like this world of kind of other economic historians, right? Like, oh, here's what was the difference in the 80s between what happened in China and Russia? Here's one book and here's another book. Uh, what what happened with Mario Draghi and the set? It's fun, like going along with his kind of um adventuring through these things. I think I first discovered him when he was on the podcast rounds for crashed, which was his, his, his big book. Um, he's a Germanist, right? So he, his initial books, like before, I think kind of fame, he, I I don't remember where he did his doctorate. I'm not an academic enough to give a (laughs) fuck, but, um, he, he wrote like a big book on like the first half of the 20th century, like in Germany and like the rise of like kind of this meta-analysis of of stats economically and the practice of stats. So there's, you know, like even he'll do blog posts about this, right, in chart book about like what's the the historical context of the documenting of Weimar, quote unquote hyperinflation, right? And 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 he's even talked about how there's, you know, there is some of this Keynesianism, but there also is some I don't even know what it is, but some kind of statistical there's some sort of pushback to Keynes and this kind of German censoring of the stats practice thing. And then he also had then after that the the Wages of Destruction. I didn't definitely didn't read the stats book. He um, has Wages of Destruction, which I read part of. It's like eight hundred pages. That's like a big tome about like, I think like a pretty definitive tome on like Nazi Germany, economics, right, and like kind of some of the the the, the rural aspects and the industrial aspects and sort of the scarcity that was already. I don't know. I, I didn't finish that book, but um, and he's interesting. I do think I he's interested in that. He's kind of. He goes on a like a very like elite circuit of podcasts like i think i probably first heard him on dan's show i would guess and i, I think i got reading all his books like i read crashed you know crashed is like really long you know it crashes to the floor that's the sound uh, it's like there there was a crash and in, in europe there was there was not money but then there were swap lines you know and and then i and I, i'm just like and there's all japan we don't know what happened But you know, we almost all died, and then we didn't die. You can do money, Uh, but uh, (laughs) but it's fun. Like there's something interesting that he's kind of like taking you around. What's China's really big, you know? Um, And and then Perry Anderson, you know, I'm nerdy enough that I'm like, ooh, New Left Review. uh, Perry Anderson's taking a hit on Adam Tooze, and I'm like, I'll read some more. He has then he's doing this podcast uh, writing. He's like, I'm in, I'm in London Review of Books. I'm in. uh, I don't even know like state foreign policy express no i don't know <laughs> pitchfork economics you know the al the talking politics london review of books you know uh, he's kind of on this circuit of t- you know lots of youtube things about the european central bank or what's happening uh he's kind of like this anthony bourdain of like uh world stats adventures, you know, um, and so it kind of has this, like, following, but also there's this, like, technocratic thing, like, there can be a deadness to it, some, not a deadness, but there can be sometimes where are just, like, okay, like, and my deranged completest writes, like, I'm gonna read, like, all this shit, but, like, and I just get this giant picture, but it, you can't, it, there, it's not, he's, like, more of a compiler than a synthesizer mm-hmm. at times, and so I really appreciate that compiling, you know, and he's funny, he'll even say, like, about his crash book, it's, like, giant, like, very like um critically acclaimed about the crash and he's like yeah it's like i mostly compiled like financial times coverage <laughs> 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 and his policy and his his podcast now which is sorry is uh one ones and twos i yeah. think for foreign policy and he's like we start with two numbers and then we just riff uh, imf you know um it's interesting, it, but there, there—it's a really good introduction to kind of what's going on. And then, yeah, so Perry Anderson did his his book, uh, sorry, his piece on on all of Tuz's work. And also, there's the Deluge, which I think was my favorite of his. Deluge is kind of about like this World War One, um, this this kind of parallels. He's good at, some, at times with like historical character in a way. Like he, in Wages of Destruction, he's good on like kind of revealing Stalin-Hitler differences, but he has this good Germanist sense of like, okay, there's Woodrow Wilson, there's Lenin, there's Trotsky, like what are the different, and like there's American hegemony on the scene coming and like what, and there's Japan and like kind of what are the players? What are the decisions? What, whether you agree with some of his conclusions, he's very avowedly like a left liberal, like he feels like that time period, like vindicate, like his history he feels like vindicates it's kind of his like foreign policy uh like declaration in a way but it's very interesting and i think is like his most coherently argued in terms of like i can follow the thread there's less of a throwing stats at the wall right um and (laughs) and like the centering of the germa-russia war but uh
1: yeah we're gonna get into i think some of the particular like problems but it's important to say and i think if you didn't get from natty's uh breakdown of her completionist uh uh investigation is you know he not only is he everywhere but he's someone that in the discourse is of regard right he has this this ivy league sort of aura about him and and people are you know people post tweets about like oh he cited me you know with excitement um and and i've been (laughs) toast um (laughs) um, (laughs) But and so like so there's like these two moves we want to make here, which is like, obviously we the reason why we're, we're using his work here is because we are sort of captivated by the, the scale and scope and and coherence of it methodologically.
0: Um, I woke up, I was in the airport and COVID was happening. Yeah. I was really in history. I was there in history. Once again, it was happening. We're gonna, it's like Richard Pryor reenacting his heart attack on we're stage to the we're get it's into. Like we were dying and I was there.
1: We're going to get into the in media res thing that he does. But um, I think, so That that's an introduction to all of Choose's work, who he is, what he does. He's a Germanist. He's at Columbia, like Natty said. And I, I think importantly, like in this new moment, especially post covid Um, we're really lacking for uh, like as a culture, like definitive sort of journalistic contemporary historical figures in some sense. Right. Um, You know, I think there are some ways in which uh, David Graeber filled that role at times in in more macro sense, but in, in the right now, like he wrote the postmortem on the financial crisis of 2007, 2008. Um, He, he wrote the postmortem, that's pretty definitive on the COVID pandemic financial crisis slash tactics that were employed. And this is his role in the culture. So there's a reason why we we are reading and including and considering um, his work, which I think is, is a compliment.
0: What are the banks doing yeah. as your client is there? As your client's like, I see it now. The banks are doing things. <laughs>
1: um, which is a compliment mm-hmm. to him. But also then, of course, because we're this podcast, we're, we'll, we'll open and to a sort of critical gesture uh later on and so with all of that like all of that detail now i want to pivot back to our question of neoliberalism i'm actually going to read from shutdown which is his book about the pandemic and the covid shock which we obviously know i mean it, it...
0: this is the big thing that you this is your thing where you're talking about the ways in which money was new, that the statements that came the way the veil and neoliberalism does change with right
1: women. and so this is where we come to my thread from March of 2020, which uh, received some pushback at the time from scholars of neoliberalism like postmodern scholars like Martin Koenigs and and others um, who. Are, who basically my argument is neoliberalism was over at the start of COVID, and this is a, it's a rhetorical both trick but also a, a, an argument in its own right because i i don't believe neoliberalism ever was right as a as a historical matter sure as a set of practices sure but a, as a matter of describing the world as it was working absolutely not and so um what COVID does is reveal that and I think it's important to say that Reading Shutdown, Touss's book, um, and Toos, for those who don't know is on board with MMT, you know, t- speaks with and about Stephanie Kelton all the time, cites the deficit myth, um, uh, agrees with MMT. Jenkins. Yeah, you know. Cites Tankus because because he's an eminent guy
0: like he's like okay this is how things are right. working I looked it exactly. up exactly that's what's going on so there's
1: something refreshing about but that he's realism. not super
0: politically invested I mean he also though is citing a lot like Noah Smith who's got 200k <laughs> followers who's just like drop MMTs like LaRouches. who's the most like, neoliberal
1: um but and, know, I'm a piece of yeah yeah and so I'm sorry. and so I'm gonna I want to read from Shutdown and 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 sort of definitively. Use Tuz's analysis to, to, you know, make this case that COVID that I'm that I made over a year and a half ago that um, COVID revealed the not the non there there of what neoliberalism was as a matter of his, history.
0: Richard, Richard Stein.
1: <laughs> as a matter of like his the operations of finance, right? And so I'm gonna I'm gonna read from Shutdown. And um, we're going to talk about the, like, and this is Tews' essential conclusion um, to what 2020 meant, right? So he he, he writes, uh, the year 2020 was all about survival. The immediate economic policy response to the coronavirus shock drew directly on the lessons of 2008. Fiscal policy was even larger and more prompt central bank interventions were even more spectacular. If one married the two in one's mind, fiscal and monetary policy together, it confirmed the essential insights of economic doctrines once advocated by radical Keynesians- the two, gen-
0: two
1: <laughs> <genres>. <laughs> Once advocated by radical Keynesians and made newly fashionable by doctrines like modern monetary theory. State finances are not limited like those of a household. If a monetary sovereign, and notice he still uses this sort of doctrinaire orthodox MMT da- language. That Daddy.
0: right. is written in the law, that's what it <laughs> if is. If a
1: monetary sovereign treats the question of how to organize financing as anything more than a technical matter, that is itself a political choice. As John Maynard Keynes once reminded his readers in the midst of World War II, anything we can actually do, we can afford. The real challenge... The truly political question was to agree what we wanted to do and to figure out how to do it. Experiments in economic policy in 2020 were not confined to rich countries, enabled by an abundance of dollars unleashed by the Fed, but drawing on decades of experience with fluctuating global capital flows, many emerging market governments displayed remarkable initiative in response to the crisis. Like, for all this info, see Nathan Takis' notes on the crises, um, which documents in real time and documented in real time what the fed was doing to ensure that the, that there was global agency with regards to addressing the crisis the
0: fed is a, a woodrow wilson plot,
1: <laughs> and which is not to say any of this was enough or adequate or any of that but to to really think about what happened so i'm going to continue right they put to work a toolkit of policies that enabled them to hedge the risk of global financial integration Ironically, unlike in 2008, China's greater success in virus control left its economic policy looking relatively conservative. So I'm going to skip ahead here. China's really big. Um, so his conclusion... Sorry.
0: It's like, I'm literally going to kill you. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's okay. Um, to, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to keep going. Um, so his conclusion here is... We, we know. Chu <laughs> writes of, of his conclusion to this little this couple of paragraphs... It was hard to avoid the sense that a turning point had been reached. Was this, finally, the death of the orthodoxy that had prevailed in economic policy since the 1980s? Was this the death knell of neoliberalism? As a coherent ideology of government, perhaps, the idea that the natural envelope of economic activity could be ignored or left to markets to regulate was clearly out of touch with reality. So too was the idea that markets could self-regulate in relation to all conceivable social and economic shocks. Even more urgently than in 2008, survival dictated interventions on a scale last seen in World War II. All this left doctrinaire economists gasping for breath. That in itself is not surprising. The orthodox understanding of economic policy was always unrealistic. As a practice of power, Neoliberalism had always been radically pragmatic. Right? And this is the point about practice. Its real history was that of a series of state interventions in the interest of capital accumulation, including the forcing deploy Pinochet. 80s. Right, the forceful mm-hmm. deployment of state violence to bulldoze opposition, mm-hmm. right? Pinochet 80s.
0: And also some state and but keeping porfo, keeping the copper. A- but yeah, also Exactly.
1: Yeah. So whatever the doctrinal mm-hmm. twists, and this is where
0: after the after the the crash in the eighties, like restate. Yeah. So
1: this is where I think I'm, we're going to start differing with twos here.
0: Rejecting the freed minute with the yeah.
1: Whatever the doctrinal twists and turns, the social realities which the market revolution had been had been entwined since the nineteen seventies. The entrenched influence of wealth over politics, the law and media, the, dis- the disempowerment of workers, all perdured. And what historical force was it that they perdured? perdured. And and, <laughs> and what historical force? That's a ten dollar word to quote. A million dollar word to quote our biggest fan, um, Alex Blonde. And uh,
0: words are so expensive. It's so, expensive.
1: Um, <laughs> so and and so then Tuz asks, and what historical force was it that was bursting the dikes of the neoliberal order? The story dykes.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: for that Sorry. we'll see your spinoff podcast. Um, <laughs> so he writes the story <laughs> the story we'll be tracing in this book is not that of a revival of class struggle or of a radical populist challenge what did the damage was a plague
0: the rap, rob ra- ra-
1: ra- <laughs> yeah the pitchforks as he says in other places um what did, the, what did the damage...
0: Pitchfork economics. <laughs> oh my... God. I am baby. What,
2: <laughs>
1: what did the damage was a plague unleashed by heedless global growth and the massive flywheel of financial accumulation. So, so big. there's so much to consider in that comment, right? But uh, there's a few things that I want to say, and, and I also want to hear your, uh, your feedback on this. But to me... What I see is Tews... I'll give all of you guys
0: my number. I want a lot of WhatsApp <laughs> audio about your feedback.
1: <laughs> to me, what Toos is saying, and, and the way he's framing this is kind of annoying, but it's that, look, we all know neoliberalism was kind of a farce. Which, first of all, that's only that, that we all know is only possible, as he says it's like seven to nine given the active work of resisting (laughs) neoliberalism against it term against its terms that not only mmt did but all of these social social movements and forces and and populisms and and did right um and so that like he leaves that out but that's we're going to emphasize that because he the omission is kind of glaring um but so it's sort of this like bait and switch at the like in the in post neoliberal era which is like we kind of all knew that neoliberalism wasn't really real but then like in the 90s everyone was saying like no, we need to cut taxes and blah 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 right i love
0: bill clinton it's pretty cool so
1: this rewriting of that history doesn't take into account the active struggle from within right it just makes it just ascribes the end of neoliberalism to a passive...
0: There's a good, if you want a, what a, what a two is called, uh, a gloriously Euro trash um, show called 1992 from that's Italy. That's when I was born. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really?
1: That's, oh that's me.
0: Uh, that's a good yeah. year. Gloriously Euro trash. That's,
1: that's me. Uh, Germany. <laughs> but it's this rewriting, right, of that history in which says, oh, we we always knew, right? and And sure, like... You know, I'm sure people are saying that now, but importantly, at the time, right? This shift is not just a response to, response to natural forces, right? There's all this intellectual challenge that goes into making sure that any crisis can be taken advantage of, right? And since 2008, which too sort of suggests um, all this, this work was done, right? And 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 you know to. In making MMT legible, um, you know, AOC did this work, not only, but, and, and the Sunrise Movement and and others in, in the MMT space, but is a crucial component of this. So it's not just about gloating, but but I, like, like we were right, but I do think what's important here is this, and then we get to Tews' limits, right, which is, it was social forces. I'm outside of this, social forces, it was a plague that did this. Right. It wasn't... Foucault and Stats. It wasn't class struggle. The, the anthropocene. Right. It wasn't class struggle. It was nature. Right. And we have our disagreements with regards to framing of... Mommy, mommy
0: cans and
1: <laughs> We have our disagreements with regards to um framings around class struggle as a sort of univocal negation of capitalism and blah, blah, blah. But
0: can I can I quote his blog? Yes, right? please. It's kind... Of, it's kind of hilarious to see John Maynard's Zoom backdrop. He had a famously rich collection of antiquarian books. And look at that screen. Sorry.
1: So this elitism <laughs> that Toos that <who's laughs> avowedly does is, is like desirous, right? It's it's libidinal almost. Um, it It colors his narrative. But I think we can move on to like a more important takeaway of this book before we then move into a question of method, which you already talked about which is you
0: might have been thinking of the soaring magnificence of king's college chapel the heartbreakingly beautiful centerpiece of the college to which Keynes devoted so much of his life parentheses my own alma mater okay so now was built so now i'm gonna go (laughs) on a tangent about Keynes. i've i've
1: you've you've angered me enough right so um this is why this is crucial right this sort of we know better elitism of twos like oh the, the the elites know better now like which is a part of our argument at money on the left is that there's a paradigm crisis and things are shifting and all of these practices they their grounding is unmoored right that's a part of our argument so we want to say attention to that is really important and and twos is correct about this right and he's correct to cite mmt as well um and and mmt was ahead of the you know the the, the analysts of the likes of Harvey or other sort of historical materialists who are only grounding the question of neoliberalism in, um, in the sort of social social forces perspective, right? Purely of class struggle or, or labor movement challenges. Because, because Tuz is right, the labor movement, while wow, there is ambivalence here and there's a lot of strikes going on and it does gain, it has been gaining ground, uh, in some sense, though, of course, these are—it's all, all contingent and ongoing. Um, the the dynamic of price rises versus like labor versus capital fighting over scarce assets and accumulation, and then price rises and inflation—it's all shattered, right? That's that means that's total garbage, right? And and um, I think uh, I think um, Tuz describes Brazil—is it he describes as a shatter
0: zone, <laughs> or let's see. Um...
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but importantly here, right, so there's this sort of double move we're making, right? And so I want to affirm that, but then I want to get into the very key point, which is enga- his engagement with Keynes, and then his technocratic elitism, which comes out in his Ezra Klein interview. Um, well, he's and he's
0: afraid of,
1: yeah. Well, well, right, he's afraid of the pitchforks, what he calls them. I mean, he has this whole, his whole substack. Wait, but he's
0: afraid of himself, too. He knows yes. that he's an institutional Keynes guy, and he knows, too, that, like, the good can be done that way He, he has this weird tick where he's like the fact that like part of what solved this was not all the politics but was like literally a technological solution a vaccine like a like that goes above the green new deal is more urgent it's like what that's why are those in contrast and then also he's like um he feels his own institutionality that he's you and he sees the possibilities like you do what you can where you are. And then he's like, Oh, but I feel guilty about that because I'm not willing to like really look at the politics. But then I, it's like this weird gratification he like feels bad about being institutional but doesn't want to embrace being institutional, but he knows. It. I don't know. It's like, why, why can't you do an all at once ness of i don't know the imminence and the struggle so
1: i think there's yeah and i, I can talk about this and it, it, to me it comes down to his engagement with Keynes, because we talked about methodologically the historical part which is his hegelian side Wait, wait,
0: oh because his alma mater was built over the course of a century from 1446 to 1531 in three separate stages that reflected real capacity constraints in the politics of a dynastic ship the later part of the chapel is adorned with Tudor regalia these are the kind of constraints that truly limit what we can actually don't- do Mundane, practical, technical don't stuff. Don't
1: make me, don't make me cite my Virginia Woolf episode of Recessions, which is all about the fucking concrete at Cambridge. Um, but anyway, so so I I want to move to this Keynes thing, but I do want to say like one more like caveat on like point of summation on this, right? Tuse's book makes very clear that not only Fed operations and treasury coordination and operations, amidst all the contingent political stuff, congressional cares act uh imf and world bank uh like facilities and and you know we could we've talked a lot about fed facilities in the uni all of these things totally shatter the developmental paradigm the growth paradigm of the globe the international finance um as well as domestic finance in the united states given the absolute just surge of money the fed injected into buying treasuries right which sort of provided a ground for the entire world in various ways that were inadequate to spend um and and take on debt and deficits
0: what's the difference from the private bank kind of because what's the like moving force? forces the, the treasury versus the typical private like what's all the kind what's like the quick review of the architecture
1: there well, I mean, I think there's a lot You're of like, places to go, you. and I do hate it. <laughs> but, but I mean- Should I take a what, bathroom break? What, happens, <laughs> what happened during the pandemic is essentially the Fed um, backstopped the global monetary system in the form of treasuries. Um, and, and so, and, and through swap lines helped permeate that throughout the globe in different ways, right? And also extensions at the IMF and like twos gets- And an, not enough. An completely not enough. But enough to, to really challenge the the dominant paradigm that preceded um, twenty twenty with regards to oh no this system is actually backstopped at the Fed and we're acknowledging that this is backstopped at the Fed not in some absolute sense which which twos might even say but in a mediated structural sense right because there's also the ECB and there's all these dynamics in the in the Chinese central bank and and all of these dynamics that are at play here but. Um, I I mean to say that to say, like, there's this methodological point about twos that we're going to get into more, and I promise we will. But that's what his book's claims, right? Basically, his book is a a description of how Money on the Left and MMT was right. And
0: Let's talk to Ezra Klein. And
1: and that's basically the... the...
0: Who knows whether things in Washington have changed a bit. Like, MMT feels new, but it's hard to say if, like, We'll never truly know it, between the New Keynesians and MMT, we'll never truly know if money is made up or not. Probably it shouldn't get rid of Powell, like the, uh, the green stuff in the next election. I'm not sure that's a little
2: yeah.
0: risky politically. Um, and, you know, we're going to have to, at some point soon, not sure if it's in a year or two years, probably take out money again. That just always kind of cycles, um, like Europe, Greece, mm. Greece Southern Europe. Um, and, and But for now, this is what we've done. Who can never know? But it's it's a change. <laughs>
1: That's a great paraphrase. And it's making me want to go on a huge uh, tangent <laughs> and digression about the ECB and all of the fiscal federalization that has gone on since, right? So it's not just a story of, it's important for the neoliberalism story, a story of the Fed and then China, but also in Europe, um, Fed letter
0: and, and too, like, you know, Joe Weisenthal, Bloomberg, that he will talk a lot about. Like, there are like big moments in this too, like, as far as just like the Fed, different officials that have written letters, right? Rowan Gray, different officials, right? And, like, there are like documents, right? These like very technocratic yeah, levels. Yeah,
1: exactly. So. so, there's this internal debate about like basically, oh, neoliberalism's done. But, um, and, and all the, and all the elite financial business worlds, Wall Street, they all know this, right? Um, but, but I think the last thing I want to say on this is that, at the level of the ECB, <laughs> um, back to tense. The the there's active fiscal federa- federalization going on at the level of the ECB that totally challenges the ordoliberal liberal structure from which, uh, you know, Qu- Quinsepodian's work. That's a sort of primary um, primary figure for him for thinking about or- neoliberalism and the order of atomization of the nation states without fiscal agency. Right. So this totally changes during COVID as well. I want to talk about Keynes now and I think we should devote some time to this cuz I think it's important cuz moving from is like his arguments and we we'll, I I want to circle back to his method actually cuz I think there's some really interesting like specific close reading we can do but um to, it's interesting to think about his engagement with Keynes and reliance on Keynes because also like
0: and and also that people that it's a contested thing like what is you know there's a certain kind of leftist who will be like Oh, is just are you guys just Keynesians, you know? And then there's this like not even a legibility about like the difference between all these macro figures the new Keynesians versus the post Keynesians and the post Keynesians versus MMT and all the complexities too with Keynes and different people in his orbit, right? right? Joan Robinson and whoever the fuck else you're gonna make me pretend (laughs) I know. Um, (laughs) learner and but there is this but people will just and and, you know an interesting source like um, a lot of people might know who are nerdy like the Jeff Mann on Keynes which we there's things we'd affirm and things we wouldn't but that also does document sort of this dark Hegel within Keynes to Mm -hmm. an extent and this patronizing thing but maybe misses some of the what is what is imminent technique right um but like but we agree that you need to criticize this colonial gaze right
1: so um, i think we should i think we should
0: and but also people don't have really precision a lot of times by what they mean by keynesianism like they might so that's mean, what
1: we need to talk about whatever right. so that
0: let alone Keynes himself as a historical figure which is again why the zach carter book is yeah. important so, Price of, so i want to
1: unpack all of that because obviously like we're not gonna we're not gonna do justice to all of Keynes on this podcast but with regards to tooze's engagement with Keynes, and there's some like building this Rube Goldberg contraption of this argument um, and this discussion, there's an important reliance on this very simple idea that if we can, if we can, build it. You know we can pay for it right? yeah like
0: kevin, kevin costner
1: if if we can pay if we can <laughs> if we can do the thing we can pay for the thing right this is it's a very and
0: there's some of that mmt thing too where there is like uh there's certain mmt circles that have this sort of pessimism of like yeah we can pay for it money's fungible as long as you have real resources exactly. and it exactly. totally misses that resources become, yeah, 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 the whole point is to become resources. So, like as opposed to, and so,
1: <laughs> and so this is a sort of like very norm, like <laughs> in some senses, this is an MMT point.
0: And him and Klein get on that pessimism too. Like they very much lean into the like, yeah, you have money, but what are right. resources? So
1: I'm going to, I'm going to keep unpacking this. Cause <laughs> okay, I don't yeah. think I, not everyone's yeah. going to have all the little steps.
0: Natalie gives the hints, Max yeah. does the, the so. Finish
1: so there's this sort of (laughs) normie mmt point of view that he relies upon and that's the sort of the kelton view which again we we affirm our we we affirm and value our relative proximity to that obviously as a historical matter mmt i think is more complicated but um so there's this question right and and there's all these circles of post keynesians who don't call themselves MMTers, right but um
0: there was a good Alex Williams and are like uh, you know like wrote this good uh, piece for his uh, blog about like the principles of post Keynesian. But I also like Tankis will be like. I'm mad about this. This doesn't. This
2: doesn't reference
1: enough MMT. This MMT should own this. Right. So there's these debates, but like, you know, I could.
0: I should no. It's okay. We could get into all the different. Nathan Nathan and Alex will. Yeah. We
1: can get into all the debates about (laughs) like the different sides of the post Keynesians fighting over MMT and and fighting over Keynes and fighting (laughs) over the sort of the moment which we're in now and all of these things. But I do think there's some. There's just like. A really meaningful way in which MMT grows through and with Keynesianism, but not the Keynesianism that becomes dominant in macro policy um, in the 20th century. Right. Keynes, Keynes's analytical work gets buried by Keynesianism and new Keynesianism.
0: His his bab— they buried his Babylonian madness. Happens
1: to the best of us. Like so, I want to affirm Keynes in all the brilliance. I actually don't know that much about. Don't them. don't worry about it. Yes, um, Thank you. Uh, But we can we can affirm Keynes in all of his analytical just brilliance, and then also attention to the arts and and you know attention to this sort of uh, romanticist period oh, yeah, the... and and all of these things. And but
0: the opera he wanted because you had the politics to keep the opera going well not
1: only that but just his Im- embeddedness in this sort of modernist moment of the pre-world war one uh
0: t.s Eliot, yeah,
1: virginia wolf and and more um <laughs> but the there's a really important distinction to be made between mmt and between Keynes, Keynes. and and ultimately also between the post keynesians as a matter of method And then as a matter of politics and and this is you know this get can be commented on from the likes of you mentioned tankus and 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 others and some with like sort of this deep historical knowledge in the history of economics and with within mmt and adjacent to it but um it comes back to twos right there's a real elitism in keynes and so i want to read from because i think this this is ultimately what twos is speaking towards as a figure right um, I want to. I want to read from. Funny enough, uh, Auntie Scott Ferguson's book. Um, <laughs> that was that was yeah, my line. I stole Excuse it me. Um, because he he historicizes the difference between MMT and, and Keynes in a in a really important way, and it's through the figure of Ava Lerner, uh, who is the central.
0: Always, always learning. My puns will be. Here the all central
1: week. scholar of functional finance, which
0: swedish house uh 70s music and learning
1: functions we need functions um (laughs) so
0: it's 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 all yeah
1: and so for those who don't know functional (laughs) finance um is basically that fiscal policy spending and taxation um the issuance of new money and its withdrawal from the economy it, it should really just in a very pragmatist way should be undertaken with an eye to the results of these actions on the economy, and not any established traditional doctrine about what is sound or unsound, right? So it's just very practical, realist MMT way of thinking of things.
0: I like techno. It's a good. Um, thing.
1: <laughs> and it's, it's just yeah, it's b- basic, you know. We what what are we doing?
0: But it's a good instinct. It gives a, it gives a exactly. good instinct to because there can be a the Keynes elitism can give this sense for people. You know, even people like Barn or just like MMT, they'll hear arguments like. MMT is just money getting really big on top of things with the job program from the state. The state is mean. It's the police. We're like, yeah, we're abolitionists. We agree. But also you need to reclaim this publicness, this Stein, right? And the functional finance does rescue some of that. Exactly. Annoying, and it's a
1: populism. Right? This sort of. And it's a yeah. populism. And so what's interesting about this, I'm going to keep reading from, from Scott here, right? Keynes initially denounced. Auntie Scott. Un- Auntie Scott. <laughs> Scott. Keynes initially denounced functional finance calling its utter rejection of sound budgeting over the business cycle a humbug. Um, Which is so annoying. It's such an annoying Cambridge thing to do. Um,
0: So 1540s.
1: Yeah, he increasingly... So Scott continues to write. He increasingly warmed... To Lerner's proposition, however, softening his resistance to functional finance and declaring its underlying logic sound. In 1944, Keynes wrote to Lerner, congratulating him on his recent publication of The Economics of Control. Um, And so, you know, I'm going to continue ahead, right? I'm not going to read from this letter. I love control. But... um,
0: I have to control my i used to have a porn addiction but now
1: i have it under control. so i'm gonna i'm gonna keep reading here so then what scott writes is what begins as an expression of support of functional for functional finance quickly devolves into an oblique admission that the world is neither epistemologically nor politi- politically prepared to receive let alone comprehend learners perspective his argument is impeccable Keynes reflects in a separate letter to the to economist james mead but heaven help anyone who tries to put it across to the plain man at this present state of the evolution of our ideas.
0: Plain This plain normal
1: man. man, right? Normal people.
0: Hockey. Hockey players. Yeah, normal
1: people to quote. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to keep going. Uh, <laughs> um, you can quote yeah. a lot of people yeah, yeah.
0: on that. I mean, let's. <laughs> so
1: Scott continues. <laughs> hoping to cut through such irony-infused hedging, Lerner purportedly put the matter to Love Kane's... Hedges at a dinner following a Federal Reserve Board meeting in 1945. Economist David Colander describes the scene as follows. Learn- it's a lot of men. I mean, you know. T-
0: Everything except Joan. Mad Men Joan. We're in the bar. Don Draper and Joan, you know.
1: <laughs> Don't bring up Mad Men in front of me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Um, um, <laughs>
1: so, Colander <laughs> recounts, and then this is quoted as through Scott, Lerner approached Keynes and asked, Mr. Keynes, why don't we forget all this business of fiscal policy, public debt, and all those things and have some printing presses? Keynes, after looking around the room to see that no newspaper reporters could hear, replied, it's the art of statesmanship to tell <laughs> lies, but they must be plausible lies.
0: <laughs> it's such a nerd. And there must be plausible there must be lies. plausible lies.
1: I'm from Cambridge. Um, and... And so, what what's what's really? They see the the construction, and Ezra has some of that too, well, exactly. right? Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. And but I don't I don't yeah, want to put the like, cart before I, the horse yet. Okay. I want to fully tease this out. Okay. Okay. Fair. So fair, fair. Yeah, um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kay, So Kane's is like, uh, like, Abba Learner. You're right. You know, basically, we could just do. You know, we could just do this out in public coordination between central banks and the treasury openly publicly finance it open the printing presses right and just do politics with our money creation i
0: don't that's slutty it is
1: slutty and abalern is like probably you know doesn't realize what he's touching on here necessarily um Mm. and touching and um and so and so Keynes is like no we need to have this noble lie right the people the the people than plain man right with his plaid construction working self he builds he builds a lot of <laughs> as a construction worker. He builds things in houses. Oh sure. Um
0: No, I can't do anything. My boyfriend paints survive. The, the plain
1: though. the plain golden retriever. Um he's not ready yeah, for yeah, your yeah. MMT <laughs> nonsense. Um oh, no. and so, so yeah, Toos so yeah. has this Toos has this Keynesianism, is traditionalism, this sort of British elitism in him, right?
0: We're going to have to, and there's some of that new Keynesian thing too, of like, is, like the, yeah. the sense of like crises, you come in and then we're going to have to withdraw. There is some, we're going to have to withdraw and get back to the Correct. regular but, market at yes. some point. And Mosler has that and also, and Tuz has some of that too, with, you know, in his Ezra article, is like, there is some of that, like, we are going to, you know, the imminent map, like, you know, the crash. Who knows, we
1: might fall back down to earth.
0: Crisis we we are gonna have to like let the money out at some point right and we probably in a year or two need to like take the yeah. spigot off like you don't want to go right. nuts
1: we don't want to get rid of powell
0: like let's not go nuts on the politics like this is
1: the central difference between <laughs> post keynesianism and mmt as political projects right i think this is very important well, that was also new Keynesian correct but right so the, the, the samuelson like synthesis with neoclassicism is centrally is a it's a response to this sort of Keynesian noble lie right we need to we can't take this to the people the plain man is gonna go fucking wild with this and he's not gonna be able to handle it he's a golden retriever he's just gonna spend 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 or whatever like the Mm populists are gonna we need to protect these institutions of
0: we can't the voting we can't go nuts with like exactly deal we already did a vaccine You know we can't have powell is like conservative on the environment and maybe we don't want to push right so it's this yeah it's it's this because 2022
1: so what you're referencing is then ezra klein in his conversation where ezra klein asks him should we there are some progressives who are arguing for replacing jerome powell with someone who will put climate resilience and climate change within the fed mandate Right. And consider it an existential threat to the stability of the economy, quote unquote, which it is. Right. Which it avowedly, objectively is. And they both know that it is. But they're like, I don't think we should politicize this institution further. Right. And this yeah. is absolutely. This is we've gone quiet far enough. Yeah, this is absolutely <laughs> the reactionary, the reactionary yeah. aspect of Keynes and Keynesianism. And also this sort of post Keynesian historical elitism thread right? And, and like Jan mm. Kregel, who's a central figure in post-Keynesianism at Bard College, right, which is sort of a secondary hub for sort of MMT spaces, explicitly made this argument at the first MMT conference, which is that the public is not ready for MMT. We need to keep lying to the public, right? And we need to reframe this origin story, not with some story of of uh, the hierarchy of money, or like
0: Rachel Maddow, I remember years ago. It was a like Rachel Maddow on the AIDS crisis. She like worked in that world, and she's like, you know, we we couldn't get out, you know, doing our technocratic behind the scenes. We couldn't let people know too much about it because actually the popular sentiment sentiment would be against the actual reforms we needed to do if they found out. So they can't right. know. And this is how you manage HIV. Right. AIDS. I mean,
1: that worked uh, fucking fantastically. Thanks. Um, uh, well, it's a little Eisenhower. Reaganism yeah, exactly. From well, left. right. I mean, yeah, and, and <laughs> it's sort of obvious that Maddow is not on the left now, but I think it should. No, I know. No, but, but it's just but... an
0: interesting, but it's interesting. This is the same move. Klein, the I remember move. like, as a I think when he started, whatever, I don't know, Vox, you know, he's like, he'd have Rachel Maddow on in the early, he's just been imminent to the things. And when, oh, Rachel Maddow, I mean, he's just wherever the thing, and it is really interesting that twos is kind of accepted in a certain left press. And now in this sort exactly. of Ezra world, it's an interesting, he knows it, both there is more of an Yeah. And it's interesting that it's the yeah, yeah, there's a lot of It's the same sort of bad interest. faith,
1: noble lie yeah. thing. And so, and so uh, this is, this is like, and I want to finish this point about Jan Kregel, right? Who argued sorry, that, please, that we yeah. shouldn't be arguing on MNP premises because these, the public won't accept this, right? Again, so there's this projection of the public, of the normal person, which we've railed against on this podcast as, the, not only absolutely elitist, but absolutely And reductive. we also don't
0: believe in a reification of this like Bourdain noble slumming it, right? Of this Hegelian rabble where we're the real exactly. people. And like, we're going to teach them every detail so that we can all together with money. Like it's not, right. that. So, so, yeah.
1: so this is the market difference between what MMT is as a political project and what post Keynesianism is, is as a political project, which is not to say the likes of Steve Keen don't, do public-facing educational things, that there aren't post-Keynesians doing good work in this space. But the emphasis is different, right? And the, the, the central radical populism at the heart of unveiling what money creation is and how the system works, that we were never neoliberal, is not the primary objective of post keynesians like twos and so um drawing on keynes right like this is this is a central thing and it's why it's why not only you know the modern money network and mmt it's all its different iterations and then the money on the left editorial collective exists right it's because fundamentally we believe in public pedagogy and public education as an interdisciplinary.
0: A democratization of right. access
1: on whatever smallest scale,
0: whatever small and, library is alive. And, and
1: because the technocratic elitism is still always going to pit black people against the economy, right? And it's going to pit migrants or Mexican um, immigrants against the economy because. Puerto,
0: Puerto Rican Floridians. There's not
1: this East. That's me. Um, there's not this. there's not this ethos of democratization at the heart right and this is where the radical abolitionism needs to come in to this political calculus and analytic mode so we were never neoliberal what now the what now is what we've tried to speak to on this podcast right david stein and dan berger's article what what is and what could be right is very important to this this is you know we inter- like yeah and all the you know we have a
0: certain amount of uh trying to contend with the complications of movements and there's a million movements and different solidarities that are always forming and have been formed and um citations that we we will be joyful to like keep adding in the webs and recognizing the complications that i don't know i don't know what i said the first yeah, time yeah, but-
1: exactly no but <laughs> the the this web and network of in- Intersectional interdisciplinary, cyber network of, of pedagogy pedagogy and an ethic of democratization, right? Not to see us as arbiters of knowledge, right? That then gets to trace and track and 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 run as fast as we can and do as much work and analysis as we can so that we can write airport. a definitive book.
0: This time I was right. truly in history with the numbers, baby. Right. And for so, real this time. But but things are so, so large.
1: Before we before we pick up this democratization thread, we're going to go back to one more point with tous which is his method, right? Because we're big on method here, at least I am, right? Um, and, and thinking reflexively about that I on am this podcast. The I am the <laughs> method. Um, which is where he's, where he's really reflexive at the end of the book about what he's doing methodologically, right? Which he calls in media res, right? In the midst of things. Um, which is... Is that from Dante? <laughs> it could be, right? It, it's 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 in that yeah. register. And Toos writes and reflects on his limits, right? At the end of the book. So it's not like he's just throwing down his account and being like... I like Toos' spot.
0: I mean, we, we look at all of his yeah. shit for a reason. He's still, And yeah, so yeah.
1: his in media res, in the midst of things method is really important, I think. And it's important to consider. Mm. And, and I, actually, I think we kind of want to redeem it. But we, we got to critique it first in, in explicit detail. So I'm going to read from twos here so he writes the historical account laid out in this book is critical in intent but it would be foolish to deny that it is entangled with and indeed complicit with its subject matter the efforts of elites around the world to master the crisis right that's the subject matter this is a matter no, no gods no masters or mistresses. and this is his hegelianism coming out this is a matter of personal <laughs> politics biography institutional attachment And social identity. The force of those factors should not be denied by any self-aware writer. In a pandemic, this entanglement takes on a more material quality. How each of us came through the crisis was defined in large part by the events and decisions described in this book. I and my immediate family were all early beneficiaries of President Trump's Operation Warp Speed and the efforts of
0: <laughs> That is some of the loose Brunick thing where she's like early on, I knew in the I pandemic, know. like I looked, and it's like I'm not gonna be the one that's hurt, and I am a bird killer, <laughs> but um <laughs>
1: and the efforts of American
0: But anyway, that, that's citing yeah. my privilege. I'm just saying Brazil is a shithole, but I'm saying that is an institutional citation that I You're do. You're
1: really making the audience work today. Um <laughs>
0: Is that not every time? Come on, come on. You don't think reading long passages is work? We are both making them work and we're both letting them relax. All right, just kill me already, whatever, fine. So early
1: beneficiaries of President President Trump's Operation Warp Speed and the efforts of American officials at every level to roll out mass immunization. Um, For the lucky, for us, the lucky ones, the fear of the pandemic lifted early in 2021, which is funny given, given variants, but beyond such material conditions, which define the writing and reception of any book, historical narrative of this type is entangled at a deeper intellectual level with the exercise of power. This is because in modernity, a a hilariously annoying phrase, power and knowledge are constituted together. Right? So I'm going to skip ahead, but... um,
0: this when he gets in his Foucault yeah. modes, or it was so funny. This twenty fifteen like Columbia blog. I was like, ooh, because I think Perry Anderson might have cited some about like Foucault with him, and and it, it was literally like he didn't. There was like no editorial line. It was just like a like let me explain a lot yeah. of Foucault.
1: I mean that that is right. It's power, <laughs> power and <in> knowledge. <laughs> um. So he writes, uh, none of the shocks of 2020, the pandemic itself, the turmoil in the repo market that threatened the global hegemony of U.S. treasuries, the crises of the EU or the limitations of the G20s DSSI, which is a a global development um, credit facility for countries that it can apply. And or the possibilities of Sino-EU climate diplomacy, right, again, China-EU diplomacy, which happened Um, would be comprehensible without recourse to technical expertise generated from within the apparatus of power and money. This inside knowledge cannot simply be taken at face value. It does not suffice. But it is indispensable. A critical history of modern power must find a way into the thickets of analysis, information, and knowledge produced day by day from inside the apparatus as its protagonists struggle to cope with the radical outcomes that their systems are producing. The frontier of this technical knowledge is not just dauntingly complex and opaque, but constantly evolving. To keep up with it, we have to run to stand still like it or not. We are in media res. So, you know, this is his justification of his elitism, right? He has to run through elite circles to document every move to be able. And
0: again, there's interesting, if you, if you, um, uh, want to call back to our PMC, so we have a we don't have this absolutist location thing we believe that a lot of people can be involved and 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 but that and it's that's that hey i mean i keep going back to the rabble but it's like to call it the rabble means you don't get the rabble do you know right. what i mean but it's this fear of your own idea that there is a rabble and an unwillingness to sit with you know you come from where you come from and that is true but not to But to be so afraid of the truth of your experience where you're kind of ironically reifying it out of the sphere of your own condescension is the most condescending
1: thing you can do what is he saying here right inside the apparatus of power and money well okay first of all what the hell does that mean right the apparatus apparatus. so there's a first of all reification had to get a dildo well wait but this is (laughs) this is neoliberal like that's the important part of this Mm. this is a neoliberal practice.
0: This, this again makes me think of there's a, we already made the the COVID and um, the COVID joke with like, but he said there was, I was one of the millions of talks I watched, but there was one where he's like. I think you have to think of the economy. You know, sex is a good metaphor for the economy, and then he never explained well, it. And I like kept rewinding, and he never gave the reason why. I was like, "Wait, I'm I mean, curious. That's, this is a good idea to see what this says about his ideal." And then I was like, "That's and uh, there was no." That's just his Germanism. That's <laughs>
1: Germanism coming up. Right? <laughs> I mean, purely, but, um, but yeah, I mean, so what he's done in this book is his in media rests, which again, I I wanted to actually get to because like.
0: Natty's a bigger you could, bitch. You if you're a affirm, completionist, affirm. you could
1: you could uh, you could listen to my Dante episode of Processions to think about what a real in media, in media rest, but maybe not things, but in in media eternity. Um,
0: also, our, our MMT uh, personality correct. test episode, yeah, exactly. Also, we we wouldn't mind if if you guys want. This is also an affirmation that you know Natty has had a lot of fun over the years, and in the last month, going through the immense twos archive it's also an important you know i like canon i like to read all of perry anderson and all of mike davis and just do the white natty natty loves canon for the left she loves them new she left
1: review them. i um, love it
0: new left review um, is so good so
1: so what he's but, but <laughs> to put a finer point on this what he's done with his in media res is taken and and from the quote unquote inside said, oh, this is not, neoliberalism's kind of done. We don't know what's coming next, but neoliberalism is done. But he's done so with a a sort of neoliberal, technocratic, uh, wonkish method that suggests you have to go in fully and submerge yourself in the apparatus. You have to lose connection with the rabble out there to really know what's happening, right? And we want to obliterate this binary Hegelian structure and we've done so, I mean, in different registers.
0: Max, once again, is insisting on, on a trio. Right,
1: and an all-at-onceness. <laughs> Don't get me started on a trio. Uh, but um, but um, the, the, uh, the all-at-onceness of, of, of thinking, like, not absolute location, right? Not factory floor, not capital as a machine or a lever, right? All of these
0: could you make a list of movies about the factory and how i could
1: read that yeah. in terms so of first capital? of all sopranos
0: I can think of about 20 i'd say yeah i was gonna say like seven to eight out of the 20 could be vice yes. Scorsese.
1: the only one who the only <laughs> the only elite artist who's ever talked to the rabble
0: factory yeah. workers um, yeah. robert parentheses robert de niro first factory worker um second leonardo yeah.
2: dicaprio
1: uh, third cape blanchett yeah, okay. <laughs> we, we've lost track. Um, but so there's this it's a very neoliberal <laughs> move right i have to go inside fully i have to go to foreign policy magazine to make a podcast
0: fully inside New- <laughs> which by the way
1: foreign policy like the worst liberal internationalism and hegemony of social sciences around neoclassical frameworks like go to foreign policy magazine. I'm sure there's probably been good things. Oh, really. There's probably been good <laughs> things published there.
0: I don't know. Well, that's a funny thing too, cause there is, there is a thing about citation, like right where this imminent map, but yeah, like there are good people he's citing. And then there's like, there's this omnipresence that there also are careless, like I'm, I read, I read the fucking back and forth of the internet compared to most people like on a nerdy left wing. I've never fucking read foreign policy. And like, and and then he's, but he's citing it and bring tried the same way this like citing Noah Smith, yeah. right? Like there is like a, if you do get a nerd like me, whose fault who happens to know to, I don't know, happened to hear a podcast, happened to see a blog. and was like, you know what? I do want to know about the world. I don't have a good access to a good map. I'm not in some. yeah program i don't know there's a lot of world right and i do appreciate you know that's again the bourdain analogy of like there is this fear of the rabble and their type yeah. but there there's this reification but there is a democratic beauty of like you know let's stem let's show people's lives and joys and pains and right. and where things are and what is there that we're not seeing but
1: and so um there's um, it's, it's very crucial here to, i think to say this and to pick up on where you are there right he sees himself as fulfilling a historical role in a hegelian sense of like world historical. Right. So figure. there's a there's a paternalistic ego part of this, right? Uh it's it's a, it's yeah. very patriarchal and that's important to say, right? Yeah. Um and and yeah. what it does is it privileges
0: and the, the Friedman citing this conscious yeah. Friedman so, citing like his citational
1: right? practice all of these things, right? But what it, and and what it does world what it citation. does at the biggest level is it's the privileging of knowledge over experience. Right? And and to to not to not account for. It's a repression of a feminine. And to not account for the, but just also the sort of. As one metaphor out of a million.
0: That's just, there's a million metaphors for this type of and limiting of ways people and know and it's things. not
1: that knowledge and experience are in a binary right this would be how he would no. view it this would be how a hegelian marxist right. also potentially would view it too right or that there's only but also
0: for him is like experience is knowledge there's this not knowing so that's why you well, need well right the, i mean that's the, the synthesis historical mass of that's the synthesis stats, right you yeah.
1: experience the statistical yeah. knowledge but what uh. what we want to say is not precise like is that you need to ob- obliterate that as a matter of methodology and think with the constitutive analogies for of experience to knowledge, right? So it's not absolute in- enlightenment mastery, which he speaks to and he affirms, nor is it absolute, dumb, sensational, uh, tactile knowledge formation through pure sensation only, right? It's this messy analog in between. Everything
0: is... This- pictures and stories and there's a love for the story right there's a love for the way this all threads together in complicated ways but the, the sort of meta like at that ten thousand feet method there's something there's a poetry there's a repression of poetry there's something right. and, and so that's max max used a very beautiful um phrase in our chats about this beforehand about talking about not in some neo-spiritual way but he said a uh, uh, vulnerability to eternity mm-hmm. and 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 not having
1: and that. and that's what and that's what twos doesn't have right objectively speaking i think he and he says that as much that's why he chooses to to nestle himself in the in the elites right i mean that's that's his that's his fear and his response and so we might offer a, in media something else right uh in the middle of totality right what politics well, yeah and, and eternity Every, everything, yeah, and, and, yeah. Um,
0: yeah, all different qualia of infinity, exactly. as they said in another app, and, and, re- and dancing and offerings and rest in peace to our, our friends who've passed away and our beloveds and our, and our lost beloveds. I mean, there's so many. We're in the middle. Relationships yeah. of care. We're in the middle. Yeah. And,
1: and really what in media res is, is actually an exclusion of the, of the middle, right? It's an exclusion of the broader middle. And this in philosophy gets called the excluded middle. But anyway. Um, it's a not, it, I didn't really want to have a bologna sandwich. So that didn't sound that good, to be honest. But I, just took I think out. I want to pivot and then it's up to Will for ordering. Um, if, if he, if, to the coin now. I like to our order. now. Um, ah, okay. Perfect. Which is the corollary to Tuse's, you know, he had a tweet the other day that was like, you know, the, the new German, uh, Schultz, the new German uh, chancellor, should basically hide a a green transition in off-budget like private public investment bank spending. That's money creation without calling it money creation to bypass the the budgetary restrictions at the uh, German finance ministry that is predicated on just this absolutely reactionary Aust- like Austrian or neoclassical view. I didn't. Of sound money. I didn't
0: listen to the. I didn't listen to all of his German
1: interviews. Well, you know that's. Well, that's an omission <laughs> that we really we're gonna have to apologize and hover <laughs> over. Um, that mistake and take accountability for. But how was Vienna? <laughs> Vienna was fantastic. Um, but anyway. Good coffee. Good sugar. Right. Um, and and so, <laughs> um, right. This this hiding of the ball. This elitist. Like we can just do a green transition. You know, in the in the ivory tower, which he self constructs. I don't even believe that an ivory tower is a thing, but
0: because he... he also has that anthro... and he also has the anthropocene rejection, where he's like, "We had to do a vaccine, ab- ahead of the green new deal, it's yeah, like, I mean, relax, he, he like, has
1: that's a, not an opposition again." He has sort of an, a, a vitalist and Gambian view of uh, of nature uh, and and over society, but that's I think I'm not sure we have enough time for all of that. It's a I think as a as a real distinction to this mode of like we can do a green transition that um that and hide the ball right and just do mmt but like like the way the neoliberals did it like on the sly um but but as, as a distinction that we have the whole mint the coin thing and 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 relatedly of course we have the whole green new deal public democratization of money we have fed up we have all of these like active democratization social movements and political movements but but with the the mint the coin thing and i think this is going to be what puts the the um the the, sh- the cherry on top um is is you know rowan gray who's uh, a colleague and friend um he he had he wrote this paper about the mint the coin uh proposal and and as a way to get past the debt ceiling and allow the executive branch to fulfill its obligations uh, to appropriate and finance con- Congress's spending direct directions, right? Um, and there's a lot of technicalities there, and and we have all the other podcasts with money on the left that talk about it. Uh, and interviewing Gray, and there's also a new uh, uh, um, his interview with the Mint Director from the '90s, which is like a historical document that establishes legislative content.
2: I love, I love- a deal. Um,
1: a, a really important interview is also going to come out for Money on the Left as well. It probably will be out when this comes out. Um, but the this is a very cl- classic example of where Rowan is taking exactly the opposite tact as Keynes. right? Because Rowan's an mmt And what he's saying is, no. We need to thrust into the system at the level of the public imaginary. The fact that... <laughs> minting or creating money it's it's ongoing right we need to force everyone to realize this because this is truly how we're going to democratize finance right and and this is how we we leave the the neoliberal era right perhaps on on how he'd say it and and i think one like this is an important distinction to Keynes, who would not say this right explicitly did not the people aren't ready well the important thing is here is mmt doesn't have that you know, in spite of other aspects of the MMT world that maybe we would want to critique, doesn't have that, that central paternalistic elitism.
0: Our, especially our, exactly MMT. because this is the, the 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 femdom, the the superstructure to MT. milking the left. <laughs> um,
1: um, um, but because because also I think this is important too. MMT is not does not come out of elite institutions, right? It, it it it's it's marginalized in economics it's kansas city it's it's you know bard college it's other other places it's it's you know university of south florida right these are not elite places right so there's not this attachment to the institutions that confer elite technical knowledge on these 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 disciplines so mmt is like no we, can, we democratization and populism because you know what mmt itself as a as a sort of institutional development has been marginalized in the same way as alternatives to neoliberalism are have been marginalized and so um the mint the coin thing is is a clear example and then i think the last thing i'd like to say too about this is that in the interview with philip deal um he was a '90s era Mint director under Clinton, right? Love, right? No. The peak neoliberal moment. Hot
0: at hot, it party. hot it parties, hot <laughs> The peak, ne- sorry. The peak, the
1: peak neoliberal <laughs> moment. Um,
0: and, that's just the market, baby. And
1: what what he says in this interview with Rowan is that, oh no, like, this 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 like, I fought for this, and the instructions fermenting and and, and discretion and the agency of the treasury to create money. It was there the whole time. Right. Well, that's also too,
0: with like some people like, like Warren, Warren Mosler, right. This, this like, you know, there is also this, you know, Henwood tries to tar this like hedge fund, not so populist, but he had, there is like this, this funny populism of like, I'm just in the balance sheets being a finance (laughs) dude, you know? And it's just like, Oh Yeah. They could totally yeah, yeah, do it. exactly like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is poli- this is yeah, political. Yeah. Like maybe your politics yeah, aren't yeah. there and then people <laughs> it's like yeah, there's
1: something <laughs> there's something very simplistic about that. But but what yeah, it shows is that yeah. neoliberalism was not. Right? It was not in yeah. in this moment, this was there. And it sucks and it's sad to say yeah. like there were alternatives within it, right? So like but but yeah. but we were never neoliberal means affirming there was alternatives within that structure. And it doesn't mean that it's adequate now it was adequate then the alternatives were easy that there wasn't fucking violent domination and genocide ongoing in different places as you're always
0: because politics is that you're always fighting against all the violence that isn't care that's happened exactly and so Right. all the institutions, whether each person who realizes shit has really got their political shit. Well, everybody's in the system that has a lot of violences in a like a lot of systems we've had. And it's always to see how things are working and thinking about the way we communicate. All of our practices always are what we're thinking through in terms of how could we change them from where they are to where right. they can And be. so,
1: and then ultimately I think a concluding like point about this before, um, before another concluding point because I, I keep concluding um
0: this is the, the, the thank god like the way that i like prep for episodes is like i'm just like i'm gonna like immerse myself in like the archive and then i'm like i if you didn't have a lot of concluding points i think i, I might just, panic but i have enough enough little prompts to last a million years so with it we're just gonna keep going and for me it's just
1: like i have this okay i have this central narrative
0: and i thank god i need it because i don't yeah. have that that conclusion point the- thing doesn't
1: i don't thread thread thread.
0: <laughs> i need it Bow. but i don't have it Bow. so i'm just like good good we'll say whatever that. Shit. that's what i meant that's what i meant just put yeah.
1: in my hair or something. Um, i think yeah we, we know, um yeah. but um <laughs> <laughs> it, like so it, what what i think I, like i've termed this which is not like adapted a philosophical concept which you know you, from kant and others is it's a condition of possibility right there's a condition of possibility for money creation right and there are political limits to that but there are not ontological limits to that um right and, and this is the the great like you know Minskyan truism like anyone could create money the trouble is getting it accepted but that's not like a flat, like anarchic state either, right? So there's a sort of institutional yeah, but you need embeddedness to penumbric
0: that. Real, penumbric realism to your Yeah, legal there's theory. an institutional
1: embeddedness to that. And so and so then the question, what now? which is where the, the title leads us to, you know, is we're thinking about the Biden era, we're thinking about eras beyond, we're thinking about struggles. What I think this shows and what Toose's story shows too. Is that you never fucking know when the opportunity is going to present itself? What opportunities are already there? This coin thing was there; it was already there, right? And it took a lot of 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 public education, and it's taking it to get us to the point.
0: Your Hegelian zeitgeist feeling finally
1: comes. No, out. Um, <laughs> but, but I'll kill you. Um, so that the pessimism is in is a priori before the, the 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 fact of what's happening, ruling out these alternatives that might already be there.
0: These magic moments in a non there's a realism to the magic of every moment you're walking or you're with whoever and there's a million moves you can make or potentials that weren't there that you so can. So we look have to for. be
1: vulnerable to those conditions and keep and keep pressing at the level of you know, pedagogy praxis. Struggle, social movement, you know, solidarity and all these ways that are not novel or new, but that are important to say as well. And, and with that central abolitionist ethos, which is to say, right, the alternatives are already there, right? And, and it's within that we abolish, right? And so that's that, that movement of not, not leaving, not getting out, not going outside, but really taking account for everyone and the boundlessness of that internal process of institutionality which you know i think is very important to uh, miriam kaba's work just to cite one abolitionist um so yeah i mean i think that's a rest
0: and rest in peace to our friend yeah EJ. rest
1: in peace to our friend ej that's important to say we love you um and if you you know if you liked this episode please do all the things to support us um we're trying to expand and and you know keep keep these things coming sorry it's taken so long for us to make an episode but as you can tell we had a lot of research sorry
0: sorry sorry not yeah, we sorry. had a lot of research
1: to do and i hope it uh it came out in something that
0: and to keep doing we love for us too i mean that's another thing i want to reaffirm in twos and that i yeah. love about community and care and this sort of weird queer ass alternative institution cyber <laughs> journalism gig shit you know they were in this weird gig uh yeah. gig uh Teaching space already, And yeah, there's a joy for me to kind of just like go on these adventure quests of like citation and access and sharing with people because it's fun to learn and share learning and we aren't the 100% experts but I can read pretty well and there's a lot of stuff I'm still reading and that's part of the love of citation too is giving people guide maps to look at such and yeah. so who looks at such and so who looks at such and so and see what repeats and it's a joy to be able to share these um, these threads and these conversations, and that's uh, a really beautiful, I think, uh project that we don't have to fear in this kind of self-hating uh, way. You know, that you know, I think it's beautiful that I I really could I enjoyed. I mean, I read about fucking everywhere, Afghanistan and Italy and China, and I fucking I mean, but there's also some. Yeah, I don't know. No, but there's, I don't know. there's I, I a real
1: can... beauty not in the sense of that map too, but also like
0: surveying the. All yeah, the media. well, right. I mean,
1: I want to <laughs> say like a lot of people are reading shutdown, so there's it's there's a real beauty yeah. in participating in that discursive world, right? And 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 as is yeah. the case with all participation, that participation is also a transcendence, and so it's, and and, and so you know we we bring though that analogical coincidence of our perspective to the table and you know we hope you enjoyed what came of it so
0: Mm -hmm. and we we enjoy uh, enjoying with you peace
3: peace 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 (laughs) peace peace (laughs) peace peace Taking shape, they fail you, each one